corridor. Uh, how many of you have driven down I-75 corridor? Come on. How many How many driven? I mean, to be honest with you, the, uh, I remember when they put I-75 in. There was nobody on it. And we couldn't figure out why they did it. You didn't need it. They put it in, two lane, and we were like, we'd get out on it and just drive on it. I remember when it, you remember that, and just drive on that thing and just like, wow, what is this, man? Who in the world is going to use this road? And uh, then I remember Fort Myers Beach didn't have any condos, none, none, no condos. Three-quarters of the beach was mangroves, and so that's where I'm coming from. So anyway, I-75, I went in, and then along I-75 went various things, billboards. You know, remember LBJ's wife? What was her name? She was against billboards. I don't remember her for anything, but she wanted to ban all billboards across the United States of America because she said they were ugly. And, they, and they, when you drove down America, the highways of America, it made America look nasty. She lost. But uh, because the business people said, well, our business and the success of our business is dependent on that advertisement. And so she, but I, I like, kind of like in some degree what she was talking about. I, I got it. Until they started putting these, uh, I like how crazy these energy green deal people are. Um, my wife and I have been out west, been all over west. I don't know if you've seen the windmill fields, how ugly they are. They took the beautiful, how would you like to have lived there your whole life and had your family live there and your mother live there and your grandpa live there, and all of a sudden they put a thousand of those windmills up on the horizon. You can't see nothing but these, these windmills. So they've ruined that area. It literally ruined it aesthetically. And uh, I don't know. I think one nuclear power plant tucked away would be a lot easier to. But along the highway, on I-75 going north and going south, around Ocala area is an exit. The title of the sermon is, Don't Take Exit 374. Now, if I know human nature... Everybody's going to want to go up there and take exit 374 and see what, but don't do it. It's my, it's my, uh, I, I, you know, God just, when I went down, when I came down from Michigan after deer hunting, uh, I, we, we went by that whole I-75 deal and saw the, the billboard after billboard after billboard after billboards. I mean, I don't know how many miles before exit 374 it starts, but I'm going to say 100 miles, maybe 150 miles outside of 374 both south of it as well as north of it. And you'll see the sign. You may know what it says. It says, we bear all. That's about all it says. Three words. Um, it's in your face for hundreds, as it seems like hundreds of miles. They give it time to begin to work on you. 
and work on your mind. Uh, to entertain, possibly, is their hope that you would entertain what they're proposing. And I don't have to describe what they're proposing. Imagine with me a single lonely man traveling south to come home from a week-long or two-week-long business deal up north. He's been gone from home for a while. He's really not on good terms with his wife. Before he left, uh, he and his wife had some arguments, disagreements. He's been entrenched for quite a while. There just seems his marriage, there's just kind of rejection in the air. He's tired, he's lonely, and he, most of all, on the super slab, he's bored out of his mind. Driving mile after mile after mile. Then he sees the first billboard. And then, uh, oh, the first one, you know, he looks at it and shrugs it off, keeps going down the road. But there's a little small voice, usually on the left shoulder, that begins to talk to him. He begins to say, you know, you've never been to that kind of place before. And he starts to think some things like, what would it be like to go there? I wonder what it would be like. You know, no one would ever know. This is up in the middle, hundreds of miles from my home. And by the way, that little voice may say, who even cares what you do? Your wife don't care. Uh, and, you, and the little voice says, what does it hurt anyway? I'll just go in for a few minutes, have a Coke, a meal, and leave. I'll be none the worse for it. But my curiosity will be satisfied. And what was the number of that exit? Oh, 374. Just a few, four, few more miles up the road. He sees the last billboard. Exit here. And here's what the Bible says about all that. The strange woman, as the Bible calls the whorish woman, or the woman given to that, her house is on the way to hell. When he takes exit 374, that's the exit to hell. I'm biblical by saying that. Going down to the chambers of death. For her house inclineth unto death, and her paths unto the dead. You could say that was the exit of the living dead. None that go down unto her return again. Neither take they hold of the paths of life. Now, this is just all Bible verses. I'm not giving you the addresses because I don't want to change the effect. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb. Wet look lipstick is ancient. Her mouth is smoother than oil, but her end, ooh, but her end is bitter as wormwood, sharper than the two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou give thine honor unto others, basically don't go unto her, lest thou give thine honor unto others and thy years unto the cruel. I think most of you heard of the owner 
of the Patriots. A 70, if I may have this right, 74-year-old man. So I would like to tell you tonight this is a young man's problem. But it's not. They were going somewhere on the other side of the state to some massage parlor. I'll be honest with you, I've never had a massage. And most of the massages I ever have heard about are somebody in my office telling me what happened. Uh, I'm not going to do it. I don't want a woman to lay hands on me. Oh, but I got sore muscles. Have your wife give you a massage. Just some good common sense sense. Let strangers, if you go to this strange woman, let strangers be filled with thy wealth. I have in my notes, child support. I have seen men broken, broken financially by divorce. Broken. Alimony, pretty hard to get. Pretty hard to get today. But buddy, child support. Child support, 1500 a week, depending on what you make. 1000 a week. The judge don't mind taking your money to raise those kids. My, uh, I've had people come to me, men that have been divorced, come to me and say, my wife called me up and said her Cadillac payment was due send the child support. Ooh, them women can be mean. And then the men said, you're chicken. You are such a fun. You know women can be mean. I believe in my own opinion that women will be twice as mean as a man. Men will kill you. Women will torture you to death. Don't be offended, ladies. Now, I'm for you, man. I'm for you. Just trying to state it the way I see it. Say it the way I seize it. <laughs> Could be my last sermon. I don't know. It's possible. And it says, Let strangers be filled with thy wealth, and thy labors be in the house of, <laughs> of somebody else. And thou mourn at the last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed. I have in my notes here, S-T-D-Posterv-S. There's 235 of them at the last count, I think I read. When I was a kid, there were 35. Maybe there were 235. They just didn't know about the other 200. I don't know. But lately, lately, you know, HIV has been AIDS. AIDS have been the big one, the big one that came out from immorality. And so I have been at the bedside of two born-again Young man, 35 years old, that died of AIDS. I have no one, another handful, that are not dead yet, claiming Christ their Savior that have full-blown AIDS. And they will die of it. Now, folks, it can happen. These are not vain words. These are real words from a God that loves you. He says, passing through the street near her, near her corner, that's exit 374, he went the way to her house. I believe exit 374 has slaughtered more young men than you can imagine, and old men. 
And these people, when they turned off of that exit and went to that place, were changed forever. I had a, I've told this illustration one other time, I believe. I had a muscle, a weightlifter, a muscle man. I mean, this boy's chest from front to back was like this. His shoulders were like that. He was rock solid. I mean, he'd been pumping some serious iron, taking steroids probably too. But he was big. He came in my office, and his wife came in my office, and they were there to have marriage help. And, you know, I was saying, what's going on? And he was addicted to pornography. And Dr. Crabb wrote a book on this. He knows it. He's seen it. Addicted to pornography. And so I started talking to him. And uh, he said he wanted to get free from pornography. And I asked him, when did you start looking at it? He said, about 14 or so. I said, well, how often... Do you look at it? And he says, every day. And he said a statement that stunned me. He said, in all these years, and I think he was probably 30-something. In all these years, he said, I've never missed a day. Well, I wish you'd read your Bible like that. He said, and he looked at me, and he, he was crying. He had tears in his eyes. And he looked at me. It was the most sincere, the sincere look. He said, Preacher, I cannot go without it. I says, well, let's start small. Let's start one day. Let's do one day without pornography. One day. I thought, man, I'm really, really, really reasonable here. I thought, one day. I'm, re I'm sitting there thinking, I'm, this is reasonable. He can do this. And then after he does one day, we'll do two days. And two days, three days. Three days, four days, you know, Doc. I thought, we're going to do this. And he looked me in the eye. I can't imagine going a whole day without it. He said, Preacher, I can't quit. And he began to weep. He began to shake. His whole body began as he sat there in the chair, and he began to just put his head down. He just began to weep. He didn't cry. He wept. The Bible says someday there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I believe I've seen some of that. It's a brokenness that goes so much, so far past weeping, or so far past crying. And, and his wife's in the room, we're three of us there, and we're saying now, he said, I just, and she said, she said, if you won't quit pornography, I'm going to divorce you. And uh, he said, she said, do you understand how serious this is? Do you understand you're going to lose your marriage? And he just kept saying, I can't. I can't. I can't. And they got divorced. Thou shalt mourn at the last. When you're hopeless, helpless, and hapless, a piece of quivering flesh addicted in the, in the deepest degree to the strange woman. I sat there, and let me tell you this. The Holy Spirit on my right shoulder, because the Holy Spirit's right and the devil's left. And, and uh, he said, Bill, that could be you. 
if you don't listen to me. I thought, man, that's true. You say, don't sit there and say, I'm exempt from addiction. No, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. That boy at 14 years old didn't understand in 30-some years old, he'd be sent in a preacher's office in absolute surrender to the addiction. He didn't, he didn't think that. Nobody, remember writing your own eye sermon? These are connected. I hear addicts oftentimes talk, they'll say, you know, tomorrow I'm going to break this, and next week I'm going to go on, a, on this, and, and, and next month. It's all, they're always living out in imagination. But that's not where we live. We live in reality today, now. Today is the day. Now is the accepted time, the Bible says. The Bible don't live in the future. It lives right today. Brother, if you're addicted, you better say, today I'm going to overcome it. Today, by the grace of God, I'm going to get victory. Because you're deceiving yourself when you talk about the future. That's a sign of an addict. As soon as I start hearing it, I think, bing, 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 bing. Tomorrow I'll get over it. Tomorrow I'll quit drinking. Tomorrow I'll, I'll start working. Now, if it's 11.59, I'll go with you on that. Tomorrow, okay, one minute from now. This big muscle man, as strong as an ox, sat there as weak as a kitten. Why? Exit 374. Exit 374. Bible gives us a story of this syndrome and this tragedy. In this Bible, I'm a Bible preacher, and this message is full of Bible. Proverbs, take your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6, uh, verses 6 to 23. I'll read them quickly because I need to do this. I need to do this. This is going to go out over the web. Who knows how many folks will listen to it and be held. It literally will go all over the world. Not every place, but it's going to go all over the, almost the major countries of the world. It's amazing, the Internet. In Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6, it says, For at the window of my house I looked through my casement, and behold, among the simple ones I discerned among the youths, a young man void of understanding passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way of her house. In the twilight and the evening, the black and dark night, Behold, there met him a woman, and I preached a whole sermon on an attire of an harlot. And we had pictures of what that looked like. Subtle in heart. She's loud. That means she's aggressive. She's a she's aggressive personality. She's loud. She's stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now she is without, now in the streets, lieth in wait in every corner. So she caught him. And kissed him. And with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. This day I have prayed, I paid my vows. In other words, she's clean. Therefore I came forth to meet thee, diligently to seek thy face. And I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry and carved works with fine linen of Egypt. I perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come. Let us take our fill of love. Under the morning, let us solace, comfort. Help me make it through the night. That's where the song comes from. Let us solace ourselves with love, with our love, with loves. Let's go down to verse 21. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering of her lips, she forced him. 
you ever have a woman other than your wife come up and tell you you're good looking and handsome and built, well, first of all, she's probably lying. Secondly, don't believe it. With her flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goeth after her straightway as an ox to the slaughter, as a fool to the correction of stocks, till a, a dart is an arrow, strike through his liver, and a, as a bird hasteth to snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. Thousands and thousands and yea, millions of young men and old men have gone to exit 374. It's not coincidental. It's by a very large college, a very large university in Florida. Long as I've been in Florida, it's been there. I believe it's been there over 40 years, over 40 years. And they've been advertising, we bear all these three words. Oh, dear one, listen to the Bible. The Bible says a few things about this. It says, flee fornication. The word fornication is the word porneo is one of the pronunciations of it. Every sin, it says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that can commit a fornication sinneth against his own body. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. The word porneo is the act of, har of a harlot. It's all kinds, any kind. It's a broad word. Uh, it, it describes being naked. It describes in public being naked and stuff like that. It doesn't have to be just a certain kind. It's just any kind of immorality. Both Testaments, old and new, condemn and warn against the act of fornication. The problem is multiple. It separates you from God. First thing fornication will do is separate you from God. It separates you from your spouse. It won't take long. It'll separate you. This is something that's going to hurt your feelings. It separates you from freedom of choice. That's the part right there. I mean, I, I'm not picking on the Patriots coach, okay? I'm not picking on because of it. But what in the world is wrong with that boy, a 74-year-old multimillionaire, has a winning team, everything going for him, and he's going for some old skag down there in Florida. That sounds like addiction to me. You know what? Addiction doesn't make sense. It separates you from freedom of choice. It degenerates you to an animal. As much as you like your animals, they're animals. Oh, that's good preaching. As much as you love your cats, dogs, hamsters, they're, they're animals. They're animals. They're not made in the image of God. Now, you're not to be cruel to animals. A righteous man cares for the life of his beast and all that. That's beautiful. You shouldn't torture anything, absolutely. But let me tell you, don't put your dog before your wife. Don't put your dog before your husband. But I bet if we, if we lined you folks up and said, dog or him, dog or him, there'd be some... 
you know, I've had Fido for 10 years now. He's really been good to me, and he, well, he ain't been so good. Get a cat. Cat or husband. Cat or husband. Cat or husband. If you have to hesitate, you've got a problem. People. Way, way rate above animals. Way. There's no comparison between an eternal, ever-living soul made in God's image than an animal. I told you this may be my last sermon. I'm just going for it. If you want to escape this monster at exit that lives at exit 374, you're going to have to want to escape it. You're going to have to want to escape it. You're going to have to really want to escape it. You're not going to accidentally escape the strange woman because the devil is going to send her by your house. You notice it doesn't say a whole lot about women in this area. It's pretty big on men. Now, I know the strange women are women, so there's women with this problem, right? But it's not the majority for sure. Men are real sight-oriented and real disloyal unless God helps them. It takes one rooster to service 15 hens. And that's what some men think they are, a rooster. But if you want to get it free from this monster, you better prepare to be free. You better avoid the places she hangs out. I don't care if you're running out of gas. Go by exit 374 and call a tow truck. Oh, I was just going in there to get some gas. No, don't you do it. Avoid the place where she hangs out. Avoid any indulgences with her. Be dependent on God daily for victory and power. Let me say this is one area. I'm not cocky. I'm not cocky about this. I'm not going to stand here and say, oh, I've got it made. I'm 67 years old. No. But if you have trouble with this, you can, by the grace of God, be free. But you'll not do it without God. Getting free from this is like eating one potato chip. Getting free from this is like trying to eat one Pringle. You're not going to do it. Or maybe one spoon of creme brulee. Or one spoon of Haagen-Dazs. The best thing is don't take the first taste. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't take the first taste because the first taste is going to be so good that you're going to want the second taste. And if you don't take the first taste, it'll work on your mind. I talked to a guy in my office years ago that was a coke addict, was an uh, addict to cocaine. It literally let his teeth right out of his head. He made six figures, lost his job. His whole life was flushed down the toilet, as he would have said it. He lost his wife. He lost his kids. He didn't take care of his body. He's in my office. He's looking at me with these rotted old black teeth. 
And I said to him, what in the world could be so good about cocaine, I shouldn't have asked it, that would be so good about cocaine that you would sell your soul? He says, it's not cocaine. It's cocaine and sex. I never knew that. That was a brand new deal, preacher, brand new. I never knew that that was tied in with the cocaine. Then it made sense. Now I understood why he sold himself, because the Bible doesn't mention cocaine, but it sure does mention immorality, and it sure does mention the addiction of it, and it sure does give you some sober warnings about it, about as much as any else, any other subject in the book. So it made sense to me that if you would add, take this monster and add it with cocaine, that you were doomed almost without some miraculous deliverance. Isaiah 55, 6, and 7 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Now, if you find yourself tonight going tomorrow, I'll get the next day, next week, you're not at the right place. It's now. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. The devil comes through your mind. I was talking to this person that, that told me about this uh, kind of, of illumination about cocaine and things. And I said, well, why? He, get, he used to get free for six months. He'd get free for six months. He'd get, he'd get a job. He'd start making some money. He'd be able to rent his own place. He'd be able to have, his, he'd be able to have a car. He, started, he, was, he was involved in Gospel Baptist. Um, he started going for God. And then all of a sudden, he'd disappear for three days, gone, just out of sight, out of mind, gone. Didn't know where he was. Nobody knew where he was. Well, where he was, was he was back in the hole. He'd come out of the hole about three days looking like he'd been drugged behind a car. I said, preacher, I went down again. I said, what's it? And what he said it was, and it helped me, and maybe I can help you. He said, he said preacher, my mind begins to roll that over. It begins to roll over how good it was and how phenomenal it was and how satisfying it was, but it wasn't satisfying. And he said, pretty soon, I think, oh, just one more time. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. If you find yourself thinking about it, you're already there. Jesus said, if a man looketh on a woman to lust after her, he's committed adultery already in his heart. And all sin starts there and moves out. He says, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, and he will abundantly pardon. All I can do for, I can tell you this, as a young man, I, got, I delved into some of this, and I sensed the power of it. And nothing in my life at that moment had owned me. I was pretty well free-willed, do what I wanted to do, stop, go. But all of a sudden I sensed, I'm never going to get away from this. This thing's going to own me. And it scared me. I mean, it scared me. 
And I went to God and said, oh, God, have mercy on my soul. Help me. If you'll free me, I'll stay free. Oh, Lord, gee. And I went to him and asked him and helped, help me. May God help you. Whatever you do, avoid exit 374. Father, help us. In Jesus' name, help us. I realize that by the flesh profiteth nothing. I realize that the flesh cannot, the arm of the flesh shall fail you. I realize it's weak. Dr. Crabb said that uh, Paul Chappell's asking him to come out there and preach on pornography at a Christian college. I wonder why. Father, help him to have real unction from heaven. May the Spirit of God be so heavy in that message he preaches that people, young people, young, young men that claim Christ may be freed. There could be some in this room that are grappling or have grappled and have lost and you're losing. And you want freedom. That's why we have our you on Friday nights is to help. Help you. Father, help. Save us from this crooked and perverse generation. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you and God bless.